Hello, 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 and welcome to another incredible, spectacular, amazing episode of My Violet Tendencies with me, Marvelous Matt Nix. And folks, Halloween weekend is finally upon us, and I couldn't be more excited. You know, I love Halloween. It's my favorite holiday. Um, It's actually my second favorite holiday. My first is Thanksgiving because, come on, so much food, so much good food. It's, It's the best. Uh, love Halloween though. Very, very close second. Might even be tied for first. Let's just say that. Tied for first is my favorite holiday. Um, you know, unfortunately, COVID-19 kind of, uh, putting the damper on anybody's plans this year as far as like Halloween parties or trick-or-treating and stuff like that. But you know what? We're a resourceful people and, uh, we will find ways to, to make do. Uh, I can't wait to FaceTime with my niece and uh, and see what she's going to be for Halloween this year. I I told my sister, do not tell me uh, what she's going to be. I kind of want I want to be surprised. I want to see what she is and uh, be surprised. And I'm gonna spoil that girl. I got a big bowl of candy at the house that uh, I'm gonna bring over there next time I go see them. Um, but yeah, Halloween weekend. I hope everybody uh, is gonna be safe and you know still have fun. Still have some fun. We got to have fun during this time. You know, can't let covid ruin our lives more than it already has but please 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 be safe if if you're going to go anywhere please wear a mask stay social distanced you guys know the drill this isn't new to us we know what to do we can get through this this week's guest is a good good friend of mine uh that i haven't really talked to in the last couple years unfortunately but i'm very very glad that we reconnected and we sat down and had a very, very good conversation uh, with Coin Jones, uh, referee in professional wrestling. I believe he was the first ever uh, senior official for freelance wrestling. So, uh, and we go we go pretty pretty back, uh, you know, during our times in Dreamwave, and you know he's a great dude. Went through a little bit of a lot of bit of hardship, and uh, you know he opens up and talks about it here on this podcast, and uh, it's uh, it's pretty heavy stuff. So be forewarned a little bit. I mean, we do get into some light hearted conversation as well, but uh, you know it's very very admirable of him to kind of open up uh, about you know his his battles with with mental health and and everything, and you know coming you know. I can definitely, uh, what's the word? I can definitely uh, sympathize, and I know kind of how it goes. It's very hard to kind of talk about this kind of stuff, and because you, you know, you just feel like you're bothering people. You know, you don't want to, you don't want people to think, oh, woe is me, uh, my, my, I'm feeling sad, because that, I mean, at least for me, that's kind of how I feel. Um, you know no matter what I'm going through, at least I know I have people and, you know, you should have people in your lives that you can talk to, you know, about anything. And, but sometimes it's hard. It's hard to, to kind of just like start that conversation because, you know, like you like I said, you don't want to sound like a, a burden. Uh, but Mike, Mike Coin Coin Jones, he is not a burden. He is a wonderful human being. And, I'm very excited for you guys to hear this conversation. So without further ado, let's jump into this. Uh, really quick, I want to give a shout out to my Patreon subscribers. Um, you guys are the true ones. <laughs> Thank you guys for sticking around. Um, yeah, 
So yeah, without further ado, let's jump into this interview with Coin Jones. A PBR cocktail? Yeah, but I haven't seen any announcement about it, so I'm guessing he got the Iggy on it. Interesting. I don't. It, I don't even know what that would be. Like. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could remember, but it was on his story, so. Can't that go back and look. That was like I just recently saw that Jepson's is making like a bourbon. Okay. And I was like, oh, that's crazy. Like, I wonder if it like, I thought it was like Malort flavored bourbon, but it's just like their own kind of bourbon. I think that's already out. I think I saw it. Yeah, I bought it. So I got it for Castro for his birthday this year. And uh, we were like, we at work and he's just like, you want to, you want to crack it open? And I was like, let's try it out. See how this is. And he was like, I, I liked it. I thought it tasted great. It, it's kind of a smooth bourbon. Like it doesn't like burn going down or anything. Um, he's, he's like, this is trash, <laughs> but I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. I tried convincing my buddy to buy the Jepson bourbon. He wasn't going to go for it. No, he probably thought it tasted like Malort. Probably. I mean, it doesn't have the greatest reputation. No, but like there's, it's so funny how like people just kind of like, like it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not a, like, I would never say that I enjoy the taste of Malort, but like, I don't hate it. No, I don't mind it at all. I used to drink it all the time. I'd go out to drink with one of my old bosses, and he's like, you want a shot? I'm like, let's do Malort. Let's do it. <laughs> he would never do it. He'd, He'd always get, like, it. fireball. I'd take a shot of Malort, no chaser, and he's like, I don't know how the fuck you do that. See, I would much rather do a shot of Malort than a shot of fireball. I like fireball. I can do a bunch of them in the night and be Ooh, fine. It's just like, it's like, it just tastes like big red gum. Again, I don't hate fireball. Like, I will drink it. I'll drink anything, yeah. but which is funny, like funny coming from me, like yeah. being, the, we'll go into that l- later on, but um, I think this is actually the first time you and I have drank together. I think so. Like, fuck the, like for the longest time, my, or I guess my entire life, I never drank until I was like 25, yeah. which is like, I guess a lot of people are like, oh, that's crazy. Like, how did you, I was just like, I don't know. I just, I like didn't drink or like do drugs or anything like that when I was like younger. And then I was like, obviously like super into wrestling. And then I, when I was like 13 or so, like saw CM Punk for the first time and he's like, I'm straight edge and I'm a fucking badass and I'll kick your ass. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. That, that, that's my favorite wrestler now. And I guess that I'm straight edge because that's what, that's, that's cool. It's the cool thing to do. And yeah, like for the forever, that was just like who I was, I guess. And then uh, when I stood up in Coach Joe's wedding, uh, I had my first drink and it was a shot of Jameson whiskey and it sucked. I my feelings on Jameson is the same feeling most people have towards Malort. I can't do it. If I drink Jameson, I feel like I want to throw up every time. It's like it's just that's like a fucking man's drink it's just like it burns going down and you're just like ooh. and they watered it down for me too <laughs> but it's still like i was like ooh. but i i'm i'll i'll drink it today like it's not a it's not a no from me if i've had enough drinks i'll do it but <laughs> if i'm just getting started and somebody's like you want one i'm like sure not <laughs> god so how have you been man Ooh, that is a loaded question <laughs> Obviously, everybody's kind of like has kind of the same answer nowadays. It's kind of just like, I mean, surviving, you know, like whatever. It's pandemic. We're kind of just figuring it out. Yeah, like I'm surviving, but it's not even like COVID related. Like COVID hit and things are still going good. And then 
this is gonna get into a good long story uh please we have all the time so fucking uh where do i start with this one (laughs) so i was married uh me and my ex we had been together eight nine years long time and then uh at one point like i knew from the beginning she wanted like an open relationship and i'm like nah 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 so i kept putting it off eventually we decided to try it i'm like if i keep saying no it's gonna ruin it if i keep if i say yes it might ruin it it might not i don't know yeah so she started dating another guy i started dating this uh girl who happened to live in like the same apartment complex like a building over convenient and, <laughs> and worked at the same place i worked at oh so a few months into it like my wife and i decided to call it off because i'm like i i can't give all my time to two different people like i know it works for some people but i couldn't imagine no so eventually like she moved out like i was barely there anyways so uh when the lease came up i moved in with my girlfriend into a house with her and two other roommates uh right over in LaSalle. and then let's see so i that was from like october uh april comes along fucking so i bought her her birthday was coming up she kept telling me what do you want for or what are you gonna get me what are you gonna get me and i saw this like card game come up on facebook that seemed interesting so get it in the mail open it up first question on the card i'm like is there something everyone else knows that i don't she's like yeah oh yeah so i'm like great this is fantastic <laughs> so prod a little bit find out she had cheated oh. like a month prior and like hadn't told me obviously but so. was but was she like into the whole like open relationship deal either no. she was very much monogamous yeah she was monogamous and like it was something I'd sort of worried about at the beginning of the relationship because I saw, like, she's one of those ones that gets, like, flirty when drinking. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. She went out, got drunk, fucking hooked up. I don't know if it happened the one time or more times because I know she hung out with a guy a couple times after that. So at that point, I'm like, well, this sucks because I'm in LaSalle. I have, like one friend down there that maybe I could stay with. But so, so uh, like I've dealt with depression a long time and uh, just some trigger warnings for whoever's still listening. So I've been married twice. My first marriage was when I was 21 separated by 22. Like I knew, I didn't know that. Yeah, like I knew it wasn't the right relationship, but it was one of those things you grow up, it's like, hey, get a job, get married, fucking all this. So did it, that didn't work, which, I mean, it was fine. Like I got real depressed at that point, even though I knew it was never going to last in the long run. So at that point I'd started like drinking real heavily, uh, had like attempted suicide once. And at that point I'm like, well, that was a mistake. I shouldn't have tried that. But like still after that, I was still like five, six days a week going out, getting shit faced and then driving a half hour 
home on the highway and just not caring until eventually, like, I ended up getting a DUI down on a uh, Dreamwave weekend. I came in a couple nights early. What year? What year about? Like, Ooh, this had to have been. Let's see. I was probably twenty-two, so about nine years ago. Okay. So, uh, got a DUI, which I still think was bullshit. That night, I had like legitimately <laughs> like three drinks. I didn't get my direct deposit in until like midnight, so I couldn't oh, even yeah. afford to drink. It was just super foggy, a town I didn't really know too well. So they're like, "Oh, you're a little over the line. You're." Like seven over, I'm like, whatever. So that happened, um, and then I know I went way back for this. <laughs> that led into so license was suspended six months, whatever. I eventually ended up quitting drinking uh, for about eight months because an incident had happened where this one fan drove me down to a show. And, like, we all knew him from the Dreamwave shows, and, mm-hmm. like, I've posted about this before, but, so, we all go out to the bars, I'm going to stay at his house. Uh, I know we're in the pool outside, like, me, him, his brother, somebody else, at least, but the pool's, like, the last thing I remember. So, I wake up halfway in the morning, and uh, his brother's laying behind me, fondling me, so I'm like... Great. So I immediately like, hey, I need to get something from my car. Like, where are the keys? Was he was he drinking too? Obviously, or, or just kind of, yeah, s- like trying to snuggle up and we were all drinking. But uh, so like, I get my stuff from the car and bail. Meanwhile, I'm in Mendota. That's probably about thirty minutes from the sale. It's maybe six in the morning, and I'm trying to call the two three people in the county that I know are around. Like, hey, can somebody? Come some pick me up. Some pick up. Somebody like come meet you up just to like get you out of that situation. Yeah. So like after that, I quit drinking. I'm like, man, I drank too much. That happened to me, et cetera, et cetera. Years later, I'm just uh, looking on the sex offender list in LaSalle. That guy was now on the sex offender list for uh, something with, I forget the exact thing, but it was where... The other person couldn't consent. Oh shit! So at this point, I'm like, okay, maybe I wasn't. It wasn't just a too drunk. Thing. Maybe I'm like, I don't know if my drink got spiked. I don't know what happened now because if it happened to me, it happened to at least one other person. I'm like, there was probably more. So I'm gonna assume maybe at some point something got slipped. Jesus! And this was the the guy the guy who drove you down or the guy his who, uh, his brother his brother. Yeah, but I still never talked to the guy who drove me down. After that, because I'm like, well, I don't know what you know. If you knew your brother's like this or anything, I'm like, I don't even fucking want to associate with you guys. Right. Yeah. So like after I found that out, I'd started drinking again. Um, then let's see. Let me get back to. I just mainly tried to go to my depression at the beginning of that, but went on a whole tirade. <laughs> no, so, please. <laughs> So, uh, like, after, uh, about three years ago, I quit drinking. And then, after, like, I quit drinking because uh, I drive home from a friend's house, like, every night. Because I didn't like hanging out at my place. 
So my wife would obviously get upset. She's like, well, you got to fucking stop doing that. So I'm like, okay. <laughs> so once me and my wife split, I'm like, well, I might as well fucking start drinking again because <laughs> whatever. I'm like, I ain't got much to worry about now. So that was back then, a little bit of the depression. And then, so fast forward again to this past April when I find out I've been cheated on. Uh, real bad depression. Like, How long were you guys together at that point when you found out? I want to... S- so we'd gotten together in July of last year, and this was April, so what, like eight, nine months Couple or something? Months, yeah. yeah. Uh, so find out she cheated on me. I went, got a hotel for the weekend. I'm like, I'm just going to grab a bottle of booze, a couple cases of beer, and just... Get some space. Fucking drink. And then, like, it was weird for a little bit, because I was still living there. We were still sharing a bed and, like, sleeping with each other occasionally. So, made things awkward, and then eventually she gave me, like, uh, like 30 days, like, you gotta get out, whatever. Dang, she fucking cheated, and then she's telling you to get the fuck out? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't on the lease, because, like, they had signed <sighs> the lease while though. I still had my old lease, so. Uh, and this time, like, there's a couple suicide attempts. Uh, like, literally, there was one day, like, I knew nobody was home. So I put a note on the door. I'm like, hey, this door's closed. Like, don't come in. Call the police instead. I'm like, I don't want to fucking traumatize somebody by having them walk in. Jeez. Um, so eventually, like, it just kept building up, building up. So May 5th, like, it was getting real bad. So I went to the hospital because I'm like, hey, I'm depressed. I've had a lot of thoughts. I'm like, I've gone from where okay the train picks up in princeton and mendota i'm like this town's in the middle i'm like if i were to jump in front of one that's where peak speed would be or i was going like i'd drive to a bridge and like i had a wallpaper on my phone where it's like hey if you find this my passcode's this and like i had a suicide note that would be ready to fucking open so Eventually, I go to the hospital, May 5th, uh, down in LaSalle, and they decide they're going to send me up to Chicago to uh, Heartside uh, to their psych ward. So this is a Monday. I get in probably because it's an hour and a half ambulance ride. They sent me at, at like 2 in the morning. So I get there, 3.30, 4 o'clock. They put me in a room so they can get all my info down. They don't come in until like 5 I'm just in a room with nothing. Uh, and then I spent six days there. I got out the following Monday. And fucking that place sucked. God, like, I can't even imagine. So like, it was like right after COVID. So you couldn't do anything. We couldn't even go down to like cafeteria. They'd mess up people's food all the time. It's like, here's this dry ass, dry ass fish sandwich. Uh, we didn't bring any tartar sauce or anything. So you're just going to have to eat it dry and like there were some people with like that weren't all there mentally too so like i seemed like one of the most normal ones there but obviously i had my own problems could imagine it being like just like scary to kind of see that like to see other people kind of who aren't like you said aren't all there 
and just like being like shit like this is this is real yeah and like because i i'm like i originally didn't even want to go to the hospital because i'm like i don't want to involuntarily get locked up i'm like that sounds fucking terrible and then i did and got involuntarily locked up and i'm like maybe it will be two three days they're like no usually it's minimum of three to five days i'm like well this is fucking terrible so all of this like my parents don't even know anything like so i was in there over mother's day i'm like i'm not calling my mom from the hospital phone and them having like where the fuck are you calling from what's going on so i'd call them like the day after and be like yeah uh, had to get a new phone i just got it in fucking so like from there i'm like well i'm got i don't know three weeks now i gotta find a place and like i had a decent job uh where like the beginning of the year i was real fucking optimistic i'm like all right i'm in a new place i've got a new good paying job i'm like relationships going great like i finally started getting money saved up and then that week in the hospital uh fucked me over i don't even know what my bill is from that um and then I tried going back like a day later and like real bad anxiety. Couldn't do it. Took the rest that week off. Tried going back a week later and like I was literally getting ready for work and I'm like started like shaking so bad. I'm like, yeah, I what kind took, of work. What kind of work are you doing now? Like, uh, you don't have to, you don't have to say where you work, but well, just, nowhere right now. But oh. uh, I was working at a logistics place just on a forklift, okay. like unloading and loading trucks, but I had to quit that because once I was getting kicked out, I'm like, I don't have anywhere to stay in LaSalle. So I'm like, if I stay with any of my friends, it's minimum 90 miles and I'm not driving that every night. Yeah, that's insane. Especially a third shift job. I'm not going to get off at seven, eight in the morning and then drive an hour and a half, two hours home. So since then, I've been looking for work. Uh, Fucking staying. Luckily, I've got two friends that I've known since I was five, uh, I just alternate like if I, staying in one of their spare rooms, like, which has been great that I have them there for me. Cause like, yeah, I, I don't know if my parents still think I live in LaSalle. Like they don't even know I'm up back near the city anymore. I think they have some sort of idea. Cause I was on my way to a show like a month ago and my mom's like, Hey, uh, we're thinking about coming down to LaSalle tomorrow. See you. Uh, which I knew was bullshit because they've been isolating with COVID. So yeah. I'm like, I'm going to reply late at night once they're asleep. Like, nope, sorry. Had no signal. Is that a show in the middle of nowhere? Won't be in town. And they're just like, okay, cool. Because <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen any of my family since Christmas, I think is the last time. Wow, shit. Because what, COVID hit late February, beginning of March? Yeah. About so Depending on who you ask. Yeah. So they haven't been doing anything. So, and I don't really talk to them that often because I'm like, I don't want the constant bother now if I give them all this information and then they go, ooh, you're fucked up. And it's like a little bit, but I don't want to, like, I don't want to get checked in on all the time pretty much. Right, right. It's like the main thing. I'm like, that makes me feel worse than like just keeping it in. Because I'm like, if I just have somebody like checking in, like, Every week, like, hey, you all right? Be like, 
yeah, like just fucking back off. Yeah. No, I know that feeling too. Like you, you almost don't want to like bother somebody with like your problems because you don't want to seem like you're being a burden to somebody else. Like you don't. I've like I've I've had the same feelings, you know, where where you you're afraid to kind of talk to people about it because it's like, well, everybody else has their own shit going on. Like I can't I can't be telling other people my shit, wanting them to worry about me. Like I know this is something that I have to like you know, come to terms with and like work on myself. And it's hard. It's yeah. so fucking hard to do that. Like even my closest friends, they only know like half of like the half of it. Like nobody until what I'm saying now, like knows the full spectrum of things. Like my ex-wife's probably knows more than the rest. Cause I still talk to her every now and then. Like we're still very cordial. Like true. Yeah. Cause it wasn't a breakup where it's like, Oh, we don't like each other anymore. It was like, it's just a situation that this just, it's like, this, this isn't working anymore. Yeah. It was just like, she wanted something that wasn't really ideal for me or I'm like, so like we still talk all the time. Like I still love her and hope the best, but I mean, we just wanted different things in the end. So it is what it is. It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. But that's good. I mean, like, I'm glad that you are here yeah. now, like talking to me. Like I had no idea. I know, like I know I've seen you post. I know the the stories you were telling earlier. I know during the whole speaking out stuff, you were posting about it online, and and, and I've seen some of your posts prior to that as well. And uh, it makes me happy that you that you are here though, because you're a good dude, and like I I genuinely enjoy hanging out with you when when we were hanging out, like back in you know when when you were around at freelance and. You mentioned the other day, like, uh, well, when we're recording this right now, tomorrow is the, you said the five-year anniversary of us, me, you, Castro, and Isaiah driving down to FIP for that trios tournament, and that was a hell of a trip. Five years ago tonight is when we left. Oh, yeah, because we did, we we drove through the night. Tomorrow would have been day one, and fucking that, the little memory I have of the trip, because my memory (laughs) is not the fucking best. Same, same. Uh, It was a long fucking weekend. Oh. I just got lucky that I had the first leg of the drive down there. <laughs> I don't remember if it was Castor or who it was that had to drive through the mountains as the sun was coming up. I'm like, I would have been fucking blinded. By That's that. it was so hard. I, I don't remember. It might have been me actually, but that I've done that drive so many times at this point that like. That's usually like I usually believe like the late night before like that every time and driving through the mountains and having the sun come up like that is it's it's hard to drive through, but it's also still like beautiful because it's like the the with the mist coming over the hills and everything it's just like sometimes when you see that shit like that you're just like man it's crazy that like imagery like this exists in our country like there's places like that that are still like naturally beautiful yeah it was i mean it was nice to drive through but i that sun being in my eyes there's (laughs) no way i i would have had a hard time seeing the road Fucking, all I really remember from that trip is chickens all around town the first <laughs> night. There was a chicken up in a tree, I remember. Good old Ybor City. Uh, I remember what we went out to eat at like an IHOP afterwards and then drove to Jason Ayer's place. Oh, yeah. And then, I mean, I only saw him for like five minutes in the morning because he, <laughs> he had to fly out like early in the morning because... Uh, like Helen Cell was the next day, so he had to fly to California or something. Yeah, yeah. 
What a guy. Just like letting us just crash on his floor in his living room. Yeah, just, hey, the key's going to be here. We're all going to be asleep. Like, come so in, hang out with our one-eyed dog. Mm. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. And then we'd go out to eat. I remember rushing to go to Gatorland because they had a real early call time for the second <laughs> show, which nobody except us was there that fucking early. Right? Like, they're like, yeah, you guys got to be here at like three. So we're like... We leave now. We've got an hour at Gatorland. Dude, Gatorland was dope, though. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it got old sort of quick. I'm like, all right, they're They're not much. doing anything. Yeah. <laughs> they're just kind of laying around. We went to see the Gator Wrestling, which is bullshit. Let down. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's like this medium-sized gator just kind of like laying there, and this guy's just like pulling its head up, and he's just like, yeah, I've got the gator right here. I don't know, I don't know why I give him the Crocodile Hunter voice, but... Uh, I was like, man, what the fuck? I thought he was like for sure going to be like trying to like wrestle him or whatever. And it was just like some lame shit. But yeah, it was, was still cool. Like gators are cool. I know like, God, for some reason we were way too optimistic. We were going to try and get like tickets to go to like Disneyland for a little. Oh, like, we yeah. stopped at like the Welcome Center, I think. <laughs> tried pretending we were gay couples and got married. Oh, get, yeah. Like, the marriage Half thing. price off. <laughs> Oh, I forgot about that. I don't know where we thought we would have had the time <laughs> to even wait in line for one ride there. No, dude, that was like, I mean, maybe, you know what's funny too? Like drive going down there and driving through, because I didn't have an iPass or anything like that. And we just kept driving through the toll thing. So yeah. like eventually like my dad just got a fucking letter in the, it was like a bill in the mail for like the, the sun, the sunway or whatever the, their highway system is. Yeah. And it was just like, I think it was only like, 25 bucks or something but it was just like us going through the tolls like every every uh, couple minutes yeah like i don't i don't remember anything from those two shows like i remember part of the drive the chickens fucking one-eyed dog gators that fucking (laughs) show i don't i know night one went real fucking long because it was what like there's 12 tag matches or something and they're all three uh six man tags yeah (laughs) That was like, that, and like, I'm trying to like remember. Like, I I think it's oh, it's funny because like there's so many people that we met at that show that like have gone on to do like great things, and like that was like the first time that like I met like Sunny Kiss, and like Sunny's now in the AEW, and um, you know the well we know. Uh, Fitch and Vega already, but they no. were there. Uh, I'm trying to think who else was there. The Carnies. I don't even remember the people that were on the show. I don't. I didn't remember Fitch and Vega there. Uh, I think we wrestled them. Really? <laughs> yeah, you probably refed our match. Yeah, because I did all your guys' <laughs> matches. I only remember the uh, fucking PGP team. Like, I think it was you and them in the finals or something. Like. Jake no, Durden, we, we made it to the semifinals. Okay. They were they were in the finals against the tier one team. Okay, so it must have been like you guys versus them in semis or something. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. So I remember like Jake Durden. I don't remember who else was on the team. Um, it was him and the uh, the team IOU, the Carnies. Okay. Yeah. Carrie and uh, and Nick. I remember they won the tournament. Yeah, they yeah. ended up winning it. I remember. Uh, some guy, his dad was an actor, and he was at the show. Oh, uh, what's if, uh, I, I want to say, say it was James Vanderbeek. <laughs> I don't think that's it. I think it was somebody who had like some sort of role in like RoboCop or something. But I've tried figuring out his name for like years, and I'm like, I don't remember this at all. 
Dang. I, like, I remember he was there, yeah. but I, I remember like everyone was kind of like, holy shit. I want to say it was James Vanderbeek. <laughs> I'm fairly certain I, it was not. I hope it was. I don't think James. I don't know how old James Vanderbeek is. But it was like it was like his son was wrestling. What other wrestlers? I mean, the only other wrestling son, like for the famous dad, was like Jungle Boy. His dad was uh, Luke Perry, but he would have been way too young at that point. Yeah, I know. I, I know. I've tried looking it up before, like famous actors with sons. I think it was somebody who had a deal with like FCW for a little bit too. But maybe, yeah. Don't remember anything else about it. That's crazy. I do now remember the second locker or the second show is at a CrossFit gym. Yeah. That actually I think NXT runs house shows there. Really? Yeah. Jeez. I think that's what uh Ayers was telling us. That's pretty wild though. Yeah. That was an interesting weekend. A long one. Castro slept so fucking long. He, dude, he is the king of sleeping in cars, like yeah. especially on long trips. I don't, like, and I don't mind it. Like, I know some people get annoyed when people fall asleep in the car, but like, I'm good at like driving throughout throughout the night and stuff. And as long as one other person's awake, yeah. it's fine. Whoever's in shotgun needs to stay awake. Yeah, if you're in the back seat. Fucking go for it. You need another beer? Yeah, sure. These are pretty good. Good old Natty Light. What are they? Natterdays? Natterdays. Natterdays. I want a sponsorship. Ooh, I didn't say that right. <laughs> I want a sponsorship in Natterdays. Natterdays. It's, uh, what is it? Strawberry lemonade and drinking beer. <laughs> As opposed to what? I don't... Um, yeah, I don't know what other beer there is besides drinking beer, but... Mm. These are my go-to now. Yeah, these are really good. Holy cow. And they go down easy, so I can bring them to a show, and if they start getting warm, they don't taste like shit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I've been drinking a lot of uh, tequila and ginger ale. Really? <laughs> it's been like my go-to lately. I don't know why. Jeez. Ginger ale in general, I've been drinking a lot of. Yeah. Because I didn't like, I never really drank soda that much growing up, like ever. Oh. Um, like when I was like really little, my mom like didn't have it in the house ever. Okay. And uh Eventually they did, and my sister and my brother would drink it, but I never really cared about it. And now, as an adult, like the only time I ever really drink soda is when I'm drinking alcohol. And uh, but ginger ale, I'll drink that like just by itself. It's so good. Like I drink. We always had cases of soda at my place when I was a kid, and like I drank soda for a long time. And then, what's your go-to soda? Usually like Pepsi or like a cherry Pepsi or something. Uh, but a lot of, t and then I got, I was drinking, luckily I've cut back on soda and energy drinks cause I was drinking a few months ago, even like two, three monsters a day. Dang. I've been going with those, uh, the tall boys or no, I've been going with those monster mules, the ginger ones. Oh, okay. Those, those quickly became my favorite and I was drinking them all the time, but I'm like, yeah, I don't have money to spend that much on soda and. <laughs> Fucking energy drinks every day. So yeah, they're like three, four bucks, right? Yeah, about three bucks. And so I've been drinking a lot more water now, but that's what I gotta do. A lot of beer too, <laughs> dude. So I'm, I'm, I'm checking out your. You got a Ninja Bill shirt on. Yes, the legend. Of the Ninja le Bill. legend. I feel like I, I think Ninja Bill has definitely come up on this podcast before. Really. Um, I'm pretty sure when I had Joey Eastman on, I, I'm pretty sure we talked about Ninja Bill. I'm not sure. 
Maybe, maybe not. I know I listened to that one, but I can't remember if I came up on it. But maybe. Well, do you want you want to talk about the the origins of Ninja Bill? I mean, there wasn't too much origins for Ninja Bill. Uh, basically, like I started training. Fuck. Yeah, talk, let's talk about that because I don't think I know your like origin story, at least from like getting into the business here in Chicago. Okay, so I started training like February of '08. With uh, Vito and Sal Tomaselli for Elite Pro down in uh, the training school was in New Lenox. They were running in like Oak Forest at the time. Mm-hmm. So I was training there. Um, Those shows were dope. Yeah, they were a lot of fun. And like, I'm still friends yeah. with like people from Elite Pro that like, Hades is still one of my closest friends. I still talk to Ali every now and then. Um, but like, so I started training with them immediately, like within a month, like I started refing, uh, cause they were real close with Mid-South. So like a month or two in, they're like, Mid-South needs a ref, like coin, you want to go do it? I'm like, <laughs> whatever. I'll start doing shows Uncle Ian. for no money, it's whatever. So eventually, uh, like I wrestled, we did a show at World of Wheels in like really January of 09 we did a show there and they're like oh we're just gonna put you in a match with like Hades like I didn't have a gimmick or any like gear or anything when I'm like well fucking I'm not gonna outwork I'm like let's just do comedy shit (laughs) so they like the comedy shit so they're like oh let's fucking make you like a ninja and sort of like a stalker something from japan where he just fucks up all the time he'll walk the top rope fucking nut himself (laughs) they're like we'll just have you do that type of stuff i'm like whatever so that's basically how it came up i just got a ninja outfit and was doing that it was good because i was under a hood so i was able to do double duty on a lot of shows but where and now had you been had you been training to wrestle yeah initially yeah i trained to wrestle and then i just started refing and Longer, like the wrestling was going on, I'm like, I'm much better at the refing. I'm like, I'm just gonna fucking switch over to ref. I'm like, because at that point, the goal is still like a lot of people starting out, like, I want to get signed at some point, right? So, I'm like, I'm never gonna get signed. Wrestling is fucking Ninja Bill. <laughs> hey, you never know at yeah. this point. I mean, who knows? But I'm like, if I'm gonna ever get signed, it's gonna be from refing. So, eventually, I just ditched Ninja Bill and just switch full time to refing. Do you remember um, when, like, right around when you kind of like made that decision? Like, oh man, um, I'm not sure. Sometime at Dreamwave, like, I was getting, I was already getting more bookings to ref than wrestle. So I'm like, I might as well just fucking switch. I think like one of my last shows I did for them was like their Good as Gold Rumble that they did in September, which was just their Royal Rumble match. Yeah. Royal Rumble mixed with Money in the Bank because the winner gets a briefcase. Yeah. (laughs) But it was cool, dude. That shit was awesome. Yeah, because, like, I debuted for Dreamwave at the first Good as Gold. And, like, when I came down there, like, I didn't really know anyone. I knew Hades. I knew Ali. Maybe met one or two other people before that. So I'm like, well, let me plan a spot with Hades then in this match because I know him and we've worked and we're buddies. So, like... I'm sort of early on in the match. Hades is the last entrant. So I'm like, I mean, there's nobody doing nothing throughout <laughs> the match. Who's like 
someone's like, you still got a spot? I'm like, yeah. And they're like, all right. So I was probably in that match way longer than I should have. It was probably <laughs> like an hour. It was probably like 26, 30 minutes or something that I was in there. Cause it was great. Like the first four or five years of that rumble, like even if I wasn't like still actively wrestling, I'm like, Hey, can I do the rumble? They're like, sure. I'm like, I just don't want to fucking ref and squat down at a corner for this whole fucking match. Yeah. Like, fuck that. I'd rather come in, maybe give Marche a chop knowing it's coming back to me and <laughs> get thrown out and go back to drinking. God, you were, so you were like a, you were like a mainstay at Dreamwave. Uh, yeah. at least, at, well, e- either as re- Ninja Bill or refing primarily, but I know when I started coming down there, like you were always there all the time. Like, what are some of your like favorite like Dreamwave memories? Oh, God, I know there's probably a ton. <laughs> I mean, it's also hard to remember because I Dreamwave nights were drinking nights. So <laughs> that is also true. I mean, we were talking earlier, like the early days. Half the roster was there by like one thirty, cracking open beers already. <laughs> so by the end of the show, I was usually pretty buzzed. Um, I know. I remember one memory I liked was uh, I think Hades was the champion, and they made it sound as if he was defending his title against uh, Lindsay, and like they made sure like. It's going to sound like it's going to be a title match, but we're not going to announce beforehand like this is for the title. It's all just going to seem like he's fighting for it. So Lindsay wins. Crowd thinks he just fucking won the title. <laughs> he's like, nope, it was no fucking title. Ah. The crowd is so deflated after he didn't win it. Um, and that crowd there was like, so like people like will like sometimes think of LaSalle and just like, oh, it's just some hick town down south. But like. Yeah. It, you know, they were like super passionate and just like invested in everything that Dreamwave was doing. It was awesome. Yeah, and Dreamwave did so much shit that like a lot of indies would never even think of doing. So um, I don't know. Especially at that time. Like this is like early or like mid 2000s. Yeah. And like, uh, so like their big anniversary show, they had announced it was going to be like Christian Rose versus John Morrison. And I don't know if the month before, if Morrison just happened to be in Chicago, but they sneak Morrison in like, oh, yeah. as the main event's going just to do a fucking run in. I'm like, there's no indie that's going to bring in Morrison a month early to just run in and hit a move and fucking. Dude, J-Rep was crazy that. like that, though. Like he I appreciated his eye for like like that, like small detail stuff yeah. that would just that just helps elevate the story that they're telling and like is an investment into the show itself because naturally people are like, holy shit, like Morrison was here like this month and then he's going to be here next month. That's crazy. Like, like you said, nobody does that shit. No, nobody would think of flying in or even paying his fee to just have him come (laughs) do a run in. Like it's insane. And then like got to meet so many fucking like people I grew up watching and idolizing. Like we had Ric Flair come in and do a sign. Oh yeah. Uh, Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake, Bret Hart, and then my favorite, Shawn Michaels. They brought him in, and it was such a weird thing. Like, there's so much red tape with Shawn Michaels. Like, <laughs> he couldn't be at a wrestling show. So we had to have his signing at, like, 2 in the afternoon. And then once the signing was done, we were able to put up the ring. And originally, it was supposed to be a signing of he was going to be there, and then later on, it was going to be... Hall, Nash, and X-Pac were going to be there, too. Yeah. 
X-Pac canceled the morning of. He had like a real bad tooth infection. Had to go get that taken care of. This was like a month before Dreamwave decided to close its doors. So Xbox like, I'll come back for the next show. Scott Hall never got on his plane. Uh, I remember, I guess Nash hit up J-Rep like, yeah, Hall's not at the airport. <laughs> I'm in Chicago. He hasn't yeesh. shown up. And nobody could get a hold of him. I guess he had been in England, lost his phone. Who knows how accurate that is? Yeah. I mean... Like, obviously, he's got a long history of <laughs> He's definitely issues. got a reputation. So, like, Hall had came in before, and he was cool. Like, I've had no problems when I, he was actually there. Yeah. And, like, that was the second time for Nash and second time for X-Pac. And, like, just meeting those guys and fucking bullshitting around. Uh, Everybody that they ever brought in was always like super cordial, super like professional, and just like they they enjoyed hanging out with the roster. Uh, one of my favorites too was like when they brought in Ron Simmons, and I I always love looking this up. And thank God for YouTube because <laughs> there's like a promo online. It's on Dreamwave's Twitter uh, YouTube page, and it's like a promo where like it's Marche, I think Malachi. Uh, and like a couple other guys are sitting playing poker with him in the back and he like a bunch of weird shit just starts happening and he's just like looks like he's about to say the damn line and Marche's like covering for it he's like well you know this guy's like he's a little weird because of this and then just it's everything 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 is just like he's trying to stop him from saying it and then eventually Crane comes uh, Marcus Crane comes running in the room wearing uh these giant overalls and he's like, "Ooh, look at me. I'm the Dixieland destroyer. I like Digimon more than Pokémon." And then he runs away and then the Dixieland destroyer or Stumpy if, if anybody knows him like that by that name is this giant massive man who's like at least 300 plus pounds oh, and easy. like and he with a, a pretty uh, Confederate flag on his face, but that's that's okay. Different time, different time. He's ditched that since then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, comes running through the room just in his underwear and just like huffing and puffing, chasing Marcus, who is clearly wearing his overalls, and then runs away. And then Ron Simmons's face is just like, "What the fuck?" And then like Marche's is like, "Yeah, uh, go ahead, man, just say it." And he's just like, "Damn." And I, I was standing behind the cameraman as they, this whole thing was being filmed. And I had to like literally hold my nose and close my mouth <laughs> because I was trying so hard not to fucking laugh the entire time. I was like, that that was like the fun shit that like used to happen all the time there. Were you there when uh, Ricky Steamboat came in? I was. And fuck. Like, <laughs> it was so cool. Ricky's like, get everyone up here. Like, I'm going to do a little seminar thing. So like. Everyone goes up to the ring. Steamboat's in the ring. He's like, I just need somebody like get in the ring so I can do a couple things. And I forget who tried going first. And they're like, no, no, no. Like, we want Bucky in there. <laughs> uh, for those of you who know him, Bucky Collins, Buck Nasty. Uh, One half Collins of the freelance tag team champions. Still tag champs. So, because everyone's like, Bucky's like the best worker that people don't know is the best worker. So it's like, if anybody's going to be in the ring with Steamboat, like, fucking put him in there. And, like, just having Steamboat run a little seminar like that out of nowhere. For free. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, he was being paid to be there, but, like, he didn't charge any of the boys. No. And, like, that was cool. There was... And then some guys would surprise you, like, 
uh, Chavo Guerrero came down. He came out, hung out at like all three, four bars we went to. <laughs> Tommy Dreamer, which wasn't surprising, he came out to all the bars with us. Oh, do you remember with, the, with Tommy Dreamer? We went to uh, the bar. Ninth they had, Street. Ninth Street. And they had a... Um, they had a, a cover band playing music and they just happened to be, I don't know if it just happened to be playing it or somebody gave them the Iggy, but they started playing man in a box and dreamer went up and started singing it with them. And I was like, this is fucking cool. <laughs> I remember getting mad because the drummer, I think it was the drummer is like, I don't know who this guy is, but everyone else here does. It's like, just shut the fuck just up. Everyone's up. having a good time. <laughs> like it's a, we don't give a shit that you know about that. Do you remember, <laughs> do you remember when, uh, when they brought in Coco Beware and he started doing like, he's like, he took the DJ's microphone and he's like, come on, everybody, let's do the Dirty Bird. I left bird. by that point. Really? I was not there oh, when that happened. Like dude. I'd gone home or passed out somewhere by the time <laughs> that happened. Uh, he was great. He was great. Mick Foley did stand-up comedy at 9th Street after a oh, show. Oh, yeah. Which is interesting like it's like hey we're gonna bring in foley who came in a handful of times yeah and uh always a great guy yeah he's always like he came into dreamwave at least twice i know i met him at a aw show um and then even back when i was like a kid he came to the borders and did a uh book signing that i went to and it was cool that like all those times he was great always a class act I like claiming that I ref the last uh, Mick Foley match. Oh, at the, the in that cage match? No. no? So, uh, name redacted, brought in the uh, Iron Man heavyweight belt or whatever oh, it was, that, that like, 24-7. And uh, I guess, I think Santino might have won it because <laughs> Santino was, Mick Foley was refing, so I just, like, he kicked me out of the ring. I just sat on commentary and... Uh, Santino is an enforcer. Santino wins it at some point. Mick Foley goes for like a roll up on Santino, which is where I slide in. <laughs> and a little late of a kick out, but he kicked out. So I'm like, all right. So I refed, I technically refed Mick Foley and Santino. A, f- a fraction of it. Yeah. yeah. A whole two seconds of it. God. Then you, and you've been refing for, for like, a long time at this point. Yeah, uh, twelve and a half years. What uh, What are some of your like your crowning achievements that you would say as far as like man, I like I am so fucking cool, like like stoked that I got to ref so and so's match. So I shared a picture earlier on like uh, Instagram and Facebook from a few years ago. I got to do at Shimmer. It was Mia Yim and Aja Kong. Oh yeah, and I'm like at this point, there's. Not many single Aja Kong matches going on. No. Even less in the States. I'm like, there's not a whole lot of people within the last 15 years that have probably roughed one of her singles matches. So that was fucking awesome. Um, mainly, I just loved like doing uh, matches with like guys from like the first ROH show, which was my first indie show. It's like I've done matches with Jack Evans, Homicide, Low Key. Samoa Joe, like <laughs> all those guys. And like, it's cool that like half of that DVD, it's like, I've been able to share matches with fucking Jack Evans is still just as good as he was back in 04. Oh yeah. Like it's insane that he can still do that stuff. And just getting like 
Homicide was great. Fucking, I remember an AAW show, like most wrestling shows around <laughs> the area. If somebody comes in and hasn't done Malort, <laughs> let's get you to do it. So somebody gives Homicide and Abyss uh, shots of Malort. <laughs> oh, I can't say the, enough nice things about Abyss. Great He's man. So good to be around. But Homicide takes it. No sells it, of course. It's fucking homicide. Hell yeah. Abyss takes it, has the best reaction you could ever <laughs> fucking hope from it. A classic Malert reaction, I yeah. assume. Like, I heard Homicide talking about how shitty it was later upstairs in the locker room, but it's like, Abyss had the perfect reaction. We've gotten so many people with Malort. Uh, fucking Moose. Um, <laughs> fuck. Of course, now I can't remember them. I know one night, I think Dan Lawrence kept pranking Hurricane. With shots and Malort. God. Like the day after our Christmas party for Dreamwave. And he's like, is this that shit y'all got real fucked up on last night? He's like, no, it's not. I swear. <laughs> Gives him a shot of Malort. He did that apparently like three times that oh, night. Oh, what a... It's terrible. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm like, the balls to just go up to Hurricane and keep <laughs> feeding him shots of Malort. God. Malort is deadly. I mean, I'm still alive. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah, Malort was awful. Let's see. Other than that, I don't know. Like, it's cool now looking at TV and being like, okay, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. It's like, especially like Impact. At this point, probably like 70% of the guys I've worked with, like WWE, uh, AEW, so many people there too, which is cool that it's like ah, i've got that all now like behind me like now i'm not i'm not really looking to do like the big indie shows mm-hmm. like i don't need exposure like i quit refing for like two years because i'm like i knew i was coming to finish i'm like so i went to i actually saw you out there in new york for i did the evolve seminar with uh william regal and doing that like I'm like, I'm not nervous at all. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, at this point, I'm like, <laughs> I, you know what you're doing out there. Yeah. I'm like, Regal watches everything. So like, they already know who everybody is before I'm there in front of him. I'm like, it just isn't going to happen. And like, even then, like, uh, <clears throat> one of the tryout matches, which God, this was a hell of a day. So we get there, Atlanta gets snow for like the one time of the year. So Regal's on the tarmac all day. He probably doesn't get to the seminar till maybe 10 o'clock that night. Oof. So Gabe's like, hey, keep it short. Like, it's already supposed to be five minutes or less. He's like, if you go five minutes, the bell's ringing. Regal's been on a fucking tarmac for eight hours. Keep it short. Nobody fucking listens. Of course. Because they want to get their shit in. And uh, this one match, I can tell this guy gets knocked loopy and I'm like, this might be the finish here. I, I think he might just be like, yep, let's go home. <laughs> so I, I count three. I'm like, man, if I had fucked that up, they would have been like, you piece of shit. <laughs> but because I had enough wherewithal to be like, I don't think he's going to kick out. I'm like, they have no idea. They don't know. I just covered for it. I'm like, yeah, shit. And yeah, once that happened, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, at that point, I'm like, at 10 years, I'm like, almost 30 i'm like i'm no i'm not gonna get signed i'm like fuck it no point anymore it wasn't fun like it started not getting fun after dreamwave closed just because 
hanging out with everyone was much more fun than the shows <laughs> themselves. Yeah, like sh- like shows are shows are shows, and there's yeah. going to be a million shows and a million good shows and a million bad shows. But it's it's those locker rooms and the environments and the hangouts and the after parties that really kind of like makes those wrestling weekends like special. Like you can you can go to shows anywhere, but like yeah. it's it's the people that you're around and the relationships you build is what makes those everything worth it, you know? Otherwise, what the fuck are we doing this for? <laughs> yeah, because after Dreamwave closed, I was pretty much only doing AAW. Uh, I was doing Small Fed, uh, Northern Lights Wrestling, and then occasionally I'd do like a Funky Monkey show. And like, but AAW, it was at least like twice a month. And mm-hmm. I'd been doing that for five years and like I just never had a lot of fun. I'm like, I've gotten work with top fucking talent in the world. I'm like, refereeing matches that then get repeated on TV, like doing Keith Lee versus Dijak. Yep. War Raiders versus uh, Fish and O'Reilly. It's mm-hmm. like, it's good that I have all these under my belt, but I'm like, if I'm not going to get signed, I don't really need the exposure. I'm like, I'd like, now that I've come back, I'm mainly just doing like Zawa right now. I mean, also nobody's really running. Yeah. <laughs> and like I told uh, Zishi last week, I'm like, this is the most fun I've had since Dreamwave. Like I'll I'll go down there and be like, I don't give a shit about the matches. I'm like, I just want to drink in the locker room with my <laughs> friends, get paid to go to the bar and drink some more. It's like, that's where the fun is. Yeah. Yeah. This, and it's like I said, it's just, it's just the people that we're with, you know, that make it. Make it worthwhile. Oof, I'm belching up a storm over here. Like, the most fun for shows is the drive to if you're not driving solo. If you got a car full of guys, the drive for young wrestlers out there, you're going to learn more from a long drive with a couple guys than you ever will in the ring. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where a lot of the fucking learning comes in. Like, that's the most fun. And then shooting the shit after the show at the bar, especially like. Shows like AEW, everyone has flights. Nobody, there's no bar everybody's going to. Everyone's going their separate ways. They're going back to their hotel. Like, I just like the brotherhood of getting fucked up and hanging out. Yeah, no, it's and, and it's funny because like when I when I was young in wrestling, when I was a young boy, <laughs> um, I, like I didn't drink, I didn't do anything crazy or anything like that. But like I still, I would still go out most of the time, like for yeah. a bit. Uh, a lot of like for the Dreamwave shows, like I would never uh, hardly would stay, you know, stay overnight or anything like that. But we would stay uh, and hang out at the bars and stuff. And I, you know, it was fun to hang out. And you know, especially the a lot of the 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 older guys <laughs> loved to razz me because I didn't drink. But oh, yeah. I never let them never let them uh, see me cry. It was great. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> that is great. Like the Dreamwave shows, like people wanted to go. To the bar afterwards and hang out. It's oh like, yeah. yeah, we had a sponsor, and it's like, yeah, if you can come out to the bar, like buy a drink or just hang out, so like they have people there. But it's like people actually wanted to go. It wasn't like other places that are like, hey, come to the sponsor or you're not gonna get your payday. And it was fun too because like, like when I say that like Dreamwave was like a different world, it kind of was, yeah. and especially in that town, like everybody that wrestled there was like a fucking superstar to the people in that town, yeah. and and going to the after party with like these fans that would come to the shows, like it really made everybody feel like we were like fucking hot shit because people would be like, oh my god, it's so and so, let me buy you a drink, or like 
stuff like that. And like, obviously, in the grand scheme of things, we're like none of us fucking mean anything, yeah. except for the ones that that went on to do shit. But, um, but it was cool. It's a nice little confidence booster, and like, it it kind of makes you feel like, hell yeah, like I'm doing I'm doing this, and and it means something, yeah. at least to somebody. I mean, yeah, those were Dreamwave was my favorite times in wrestling. Like, it would just go stay at a friend's place, especially when Christian Rose lived across the street from the after party. <laughs> I'm like, perfect. I don't need to figure out a ride to a friend's house. He lived house. Upstore, upstairs from the bar, didn't he? Depends which year. Which, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> we are at the bar below, and then they closed and got new owners, and then it went to shit. And mm. then we were at the bar across the street. Uh, when I'm like, this is great. I only have to walk across the street. I don't have to be like, who's bringing me to Carrie's house to go sleep tonight. God, Carrie's little cat uh, cottage. Man, we've fit so many people in her place. <laughs> I, Especially the early days. There'd be eight, nine people knocked out on the floor. Wild. We'd go to the bar and then go there and continue drinking. Usually I'd be the last one up. There was many a night. Uh, it was like 7 a.m. and I was still outside drinking next to the fucking bonfire. <laughs> Which my first wife did not appreciate in those times. She's like, why are you still awake? I've been asleep for six hours. God, she's just like, go to sleep already. I'm like, there's still beer that needs to be drank. Um, Let me see if I got... So I did. I I posted it out on social media as far as um, looking for uh, questions. Sometimes I I, I try to field questions from, uh, from people online. Uh, sometimes we get a bunch, sometimes we get none. Yeah. Um, but I know there was at least one reply on Twitter. Yeah. I can't do anything on Twitter right now because I'm on another band. Uh, you're banned. You're like, banned from the worst place ever. I don't even remember who I shit talk this time. At least like the first time I shit talked JK Rowling. Yeah. Appropriate. Yeah. Second time I shit talked, uh, Joey Ryan. And then also appropriate. This time it was. I don't need, Twitter didn't show me who I was shit talking. So <laughs> I don't even fucking remember, but they gave me a seven day ban instead of a 12 hour. Um, but let's jump in. Uh, we got a couple questions here from, from one person. Uh, my buddy Ian, Ian Shear from the, the 616 podcast. Um, he asks, have you ever personally fucked up a finish? And if so, how did you react in the moment? Oh, I'm sure. Uh, let me see. Like I said, I've been hit in the head a few times. <laughs> um, I remember sort of fucking up a finish at like AAW. Like they decided go home with like a move or two early. And like I didn't hear them tell me it. So I had a stupid count at that point where I'd like do one, two, and then I'd sort of like hop up when I was going for the third one. So like I pulled my hand up, but there was still like a little sound. So I just called for the bell anyways. I'm like, yeah, it was three. Like, they didn't kick out, whatever. I know, like, some other times, especially, like, a bigger venue, it's hard to, like, get a point across. I know one time, dude was supposed to put his foot on the rope, it, like, hit it and slid off. So, like, I stopped a count. And then, like, they went back to the pin. So I, like, recounted. It was all just really fucking awkward. Like, because there was no way to, like, communicate with yeah <laughs> them like no it broke the plane and but i'm sure there's others that i don't really remember i was trying to think of that earlier because i saw the questions when i'm like 
there's probably a few that I fucked up. And it's <laughs> like, well, let's just fucking go. You just got to be like, you know what? I never fucked up a finish. <laughs> I, 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 know which, with... I know which will lead into the next question. There is a time, one of like the street festival shows and for Dreamwave. Uh, luckily, it got dark out and Hades got knocked out with like a tumbleweed in the corner. Oh, I remember that. So, and it's for the heavyweight title. So I'm like, one, two, I'm like, his shoulder's got to be up or his foot's got to be on the rope. I don't know. So I'm like, no, two, and realize like he's not gloopy. So <laughs> luckily it was dark. So nobody could tell that like he didn't he like didn't do something. <laughs> so I like call a different finish. Like luckily he had a manager. I'm like, come in the other side, like fucking hit him with the belt or something. So yeah. we can go home. And yeah, I had to cover for that real quick. God. Uh, so yeah, I guess that would answer your, have you, have you ever a match with wrestler was injured badly? Um, uh, any other injuries that you can think of, like during your matches? You got to throw up the X. I remember there was a shimmer match. I don't remember the girl's name. She did like a frog splash and like dislocated her elbow or something Ooh. on it. But like, luckily, it was the finish, so there wasn't much to do there. Um, luckily, I haven't been involved in a lot of matches with like real bad injuries. I know, like, I've been on shows that have had real bad injuries, like probably 11 years ago at this point when uh, Mickey Knuckles broke her leg at Mid-South. Oh, I know that very well. I was up on, (laughs) like, I was up on the stage. I wasn't refing that match, but I was done for the night, so I was hanging out by commentary and music and whatnot and was, like, right there for that. (laughs) Well, you know the story of of my my interaction with Ian and how he he thought I was the one that posted the video of that on YouTube. I do. Or I I don't even know if YouTube was around at that point, but... I think it had to have been around. This had to have been 08, 09. Yeah, about that time then. Yeah, 08, it must have been, because what? Uh, it was TPI that year you got kicked out? Yep, TPI 2009. So it was 9? Or no, 2008. Yeah. Because so it, was, it was the year, my senior year of high school. I was 17 years old at the time. Yeah, because I was only like a few months in at that point. <laughs> so like, I refed that year's TPI. I only did a handful of matches, but... I don't even think I did anything night one because I might have done one, but we had a seminar at the Elite Pro School that same night with uh, Josh Raymond, Josh Abercrombie, whichever mm-hmm. people know him as. So, like, I missed most of night one, but refed a few matches on night two that were really fucking good. Like, I still remember it. Still one of my favorite matches I did was Claudio and Del Rey. Oh, yeah. It was so fucking good. (laughs) I actually, because I got kicked out of that show and was not able to go to night two, um, (laughs) now they have added all of that TPI onto IWTV. So I was, I finally was able to, uh, to watch the rest of the tournament that I didn't get to see, even though I paid to see it. Amazing. It's funny. Like when, when, when they added it on there and I was tweeting about it, um, like, they like IWTV, I think reposted like my thing about it and like high spots was just like, Oh here we have, we're posting it here in honor of Matt Nix getting beat <laughs> up by Ian. And then like, like, it's funny because like so many people like knew that story uh, or at least I thought, no, yeah, sure. I'll take another one. Uh, a lot of people knew that story and like people that were there that were like, Oh shit, that was you. We were going to go out and beat your ass in the parking lot. Like, yeah, I remember hearing somebody got kicked out, but and then I remember years later meeting you and hearing that story from you, but I don't really be. remember the reaction to it backstage. 
But yeah, those... God, I was fi- I finally told that story publicly, publicly on on this podcast yeah, with, with uh, Ego Rob Anthony. I'm not one of those assholes that comes on the show and doesn't listen. Oh, I appreciate I, I that. I listen to a decent amount. Like usually, people I know, like with most podcasts, I'll listen if it's a guest I know. But I do appreciate that because, like, I I don't like. I don't. I don't assume that nobody listens because I know some people do. And, right. But uh, but it's it's always nice to hear that people actually do listen because I, I like I'm not doing th- this podcast necessarily to get like famous or fucking make money off it because that's insane. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's fun to kind of just like to like this like to just like talk to somebody and just fucking shoot the shit and you know. I, have, I always love listening to a podcast and they're like and then fuck can, can I swear here it's like. <laughs> Listen to a episode at least. You'll hear it. Yeah, like, yeah. I already know that going in. God. Uh, Ian also asks, uh, what's your favorite horror movie? Man, I don't really get into horror movies too much. They don't, really? I thought you were uh, an aficionado. No, they don't They do not do too much for me. So I usually find them like, I don't know, uh, a little stupid or... I like they are. They're scary. Of Some of them but, are scary. Uh, I like the original Saw movies. I remember seeing those. I was into those. Those are always fun. And then they just kept going and they kept going and going. I trailed off at some point from those. And like, I think yeah. there's like seven of them at this point, at least. And apparently, Chris Rock's rebooting it. Yeah. I, you know what? I'm kind of interested to see what that's going to be like, though. Like, yeah. I, it, just a different interpretation. Like, fuck it, I'll watch it. Yeah. I'll probably check it out but yeah horror movies usually aren't my go-to then again i like pissing off my friends with all the movies i haven't seen oh you're one of those people yeah have you you've seen star wars at least have you yeah i've seen the original six you're not uh, like kenny sutra who hasn't he, no, no that motherfucker the only he he takes pride in this that the only star wars movie that he's seen is the fucking christmas special he geez. went out of his way to find the hardest thing to find <laughs> And see that, which is abysmal if you haven't seen it. Yeah, like I've seen the original six, like as a kid. I mean, got had to watch them, and then recently I've seen Solo. And uh, what'd you think of Solo? It's okay. I mean, they don't really do much for me. Like, I'm not really into like that style of movie. I mainly like either action or like comedy. I'm like that's fair. But if it's too sort of out there it doesn't really do too much for me i saw solo and then uh a new hope was that the other oh one? that was like the episode nine okay so or, or no eight or seven new hope or rogue one Fuck if i know the one of them whatever is the newest uh Which, whichever one has a blind man in it oh gosh i, I don't even know that might be rogue one maybe rogue one was dope i think rogue one um because i love the star wars movies um yeah. As far as like my like my favorite 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 Star Wars movie is like the uh, Empire Strikes Back, just because there's so much shit that happens and it ends on a downer note and it's like, what are they gonna do? Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> but my second favorite, I think, is is Rogue One, just because it's like it's shot so well and like that ending scene where it it basically ends where the like Episode Four, A New Hope, starts yeah. with Darth Vader uh, boarding the uh, that imp- uh, rebellion ship. And in the in New Hope, he just comes in and it's just like fucking up everybody <laughs> like crazy with this like with his lightsaber and shit. It's the coolest. This is the coolest moment in all of like Star Wars, I think. Yeah, so I've seen a good amount of the Star Wars, but <laughs> then the ones that people really get mad at, Jurassic Park. You've never seen Jurassic Park? I 
think I saw the third one for like a cousin's <laughs> birthday. We got stuck going to the theater for it. Bro, uh, you got to watch it. The, at least the first one. First one's yeah. so goddamn good. Let's see. What else? Jaws. Oh, um, how dare you? Fuck, I just had another good one. A lot of like main ones. People are like, how have you not fucking... Die Hard. That's a good no? one. No? No. Never just seen Just watch it. the third one. Yeah. <laughs> Die Hard 3 is the best. All right. Yeah. Anytime, like, because uh, Christian Rose and I are real good friends. Like, anytime I've seen a movie, he's genuinely surprised. Like, the other night I posted, like, Rat Race is one of the most underrated comedy movies. <laughs> like, it gets, like, no love. But it's, it's so good. It's so fucking good. He's like, I can't believe you actually saw this. I'm like, a whole bunch. But yeah, there's a lot of those big fucking movies I've never seen. Jeez. Just never came up. Well, <laughs> now that we're Jones. What? <laughs> oh my God. That was. I'll so, start with the Shia LaBeouf one. Gro- so. No. <laughs> I mean, it's fine. That Dude, growing up, that was all I watched was uh, I had the original Star Wars trilogy and the original uh, Indiana Jones trilogy on VHS tapes. And I would just watch those religiously. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, you got to check it out. You got so much time. We're in pandemic. Yeah, I know. I got to hook up my fire stick and legally stream it. Hell yeah. <laughs> Find someone with a Plex account. Look, all I know is I'm watching Borat 2 tomorrow. Is that come out tomorrow? Yeah. Oh, I'm watching it tomorrow too. Now, I'm so excited now that to watch. We're dating when this podcast is. It's Thursday, <laughs> the 22nd. Borat comes out tomorrow, the 23rd. That's fine. Well, and I know po- by the morning of the 24th, there's going to be so much shit out about it. I'm like, I need to watch it immediately. Absolutely. Well, this is coming out. This will come out next Wednesday. Next Wednesday. So, or, or yeah. So what? What is that? The twenty, twenty uh, something. Yeah, twenty eighth. <laughs> the twenty eighth. Yeah. All right. Good guess. Um. God. Yeah. I guess well, his last. The last question Ian asked was Freddie, Jason, or or Michael Myers. Yeah, I don't really haven't seen None any of, of those. <laughs> fuck them. Fuck them all. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't get a question about Atlantis. Yeah, no question that, from Birdo this time. I know or, that's a running theme. Well, I'm going to ask you anyway now. <laughs> what do you think happened to the lost city of Atlantis? I know what happened to it. You just got to play Assassin's Creed Odyssey and discover Atlantis in it, and then you're good. Damn. Which uh, which one is that one? Like I don't know where it ranks in them, which number. I haven't any. played any of them, but like... I just recently, like at the beginning of pandemic, I started really diving into video games a lot more, like for the first time since I was a kid. And uh, I've been wanting to check out these Assassin's Creed games because they look, they look dope. Yeah, like Odyssey, I haven't played any in a while, but my buddy has it on his Xbox. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll try it out. I'm like 100 hours in. I'm still only like 87% of the main story. Dang. And that's none of... That's not even counting like the downloadable add-ons. Like I haven't even touched those. Shit. Like, there's still regions I haven't even visited. Have you in 100 uh, hours? Have you played uh, Red Dead Redemption 2? Yes, brother. It was so good until until you're just John Marston at the end. That part was It's a it got a little annoying when you're just like, "All right, I'm just doing chores yeah, now." <laughs> I'm hammering poles into the ground to make a fucking fence. Dude, that's like that game literally kind of changed the way I feel about video games completely. Cause yeah. I was just like, this is, and I've never at any point in my life ever felt like emotionally invested in a video game, Yeah. but goddamn, is the story mode in that game. fantastic. Like I was still living in the cell when I finished it and I was coming out 
to the Chicago area to hang out with friends. I'm like, yeah, I'll leave soon. And like an hour later, it's like, sorry, I got real. I know you finished Red Dead, so you know how it is. I got real fucking tied up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just fucking hanging out and just hunting. And- Especially like near the end. It's so good. It's like so hard to step away from it. Fuck. Um, I think we're... We are pretty far in in this. Uh, usually here at the end, uh, I leave it open for like if you want to like plug anything or just kind of like get any last bit uh, of anything you want to get off your chest. Uh, the floor is yours, my friend. All right. Uh, let's see. November 7th, I've got Zawa Live coming up for the season finale. Northside Barbecue in Oregon, Illinois. Um, did I say October. Or did I say that's you said no- November? Oh, good. It's November 7th. Uh, shout out to Zawa. Most fun I've had. They've got a good crew. They've got a lot of young guys that are going to be real good. They've got a couple like there's these two kids. Uh, they just had their first match like a month ago against each other. So me knowing how a first match could go, I'm like, I'm going to ref it instead of this other guy. I'm like, yeah. Help him out a little bit. Yeah. Like. I mean, they trained together, so they had it all down. It's just the, now there's a crowd, so now you got to acknowledge it. So I'm like, I'm just, they're going to hear a fraction of what I say because they're just in it. But in I'm the like, zone. The bits like they heard where it's like, all right, st- start hyping the crowd. Take a second. Like, hold on. Like, that's when the crowd started reacting. So I'm like, there's a lot of guys 100 matches in that had, had worse matches than that. So they've got some good ones coming up. Um Let's see. The elections are coming up. Vote. Fucking vote. Like, if you're not voting, you're a fucking moron. Um, <laughs> also, if you're an undecided voter at this point, the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I, I know <laughs> I know we don't have the greatest candidates, but you got to fucking... There's a choice, and you should know by now <laughs> which way you're going to go. Um Listen to Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore, on Spotify. <laughs> Hell yeah. It is. I haven't listened yet, but I've seen people putting it over. It is the perfect fucking album. It's so good. It's depressing. I was not expecting it going into it. I'm like, really? all right, this is going to be like another lover or a reputation. I'm like, oh, no, you're just going to make me cry. All right. Thank you, Taylor. Um, let's see. Twitter, I'm at RealCoinJones. Starting again on Monday when I'm back on. I'll be back. So it'll on be by back the time. when this yeah. comes up. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully in I don't get another to, ban. In time for you to retweet this. Yeah. So uh, yeah, real Coin Jones on Twitter, Coin Jones on Instagram. Uh, if you know me on Facebook, you can add me. But if I don't know you, I probably won't add you. Um, yeah. Other than that, fucking. That's I don't it. know. Yeah, drink I mean, uh, drink some Saturdays. Saturdays, Saturdays Natterdays on a Saturday, any Even day, any day. Fucking, uh, if you're a young ref looking to get into the business, it's the easiest job to do. But it's like, I was helping this one kid get started, and I'm like, it's the easiest job, but so few people can do it well. Mm-hmm. Like, you just gotta. You got to watch a lot of wrestling, start paying attention to the refs because there's so many things like you got to be vocal. I don't care if I've got a show in an alleyway with 30 people. I'm loud. I'm like, 
somebody walking the street over is going to fucking hear me counting if somebody's on the outside and like can't be afraid to be aggressive but i mean if you watch enough wrestling you'll see what the good refs do it's an easy job it's just seems difficult for people to be good at just like anything it takes work to get to get to that point yeah just fucking work i still think if you're going to train to be a ref uh if you have physical capacity to be able to do it train to wrestle because that helped me so much knowing how to wrestle makes it so much easier to predict where everyone's going. Yep, that's and that's what we do here too at the at the freelance wrestling like academy. Occasionally you'll get a couple of wrestlers that are real fucking shit where it's like I'm going to throw you from the middle of the ropes to the corner now. It's like great, can't predict some of those, but I'm like <laughs> especially guys you get used to like uh Ali, I did so many matches for him and it's okay, he's doing this, he's about to do this, he's then going to do this. It's like once you work with guys enough, it's so easy. You can always be in position. And yeah, like everything, just fucking work hard and pay attention. And listen to advice when people actually give real advice because a lot of people just be like, yeah, it was fine, kid. Like, But if you get real advice, don't argue. Don't fucking dispute it. Like, Don't say, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but, no like, yeah, buts. I've gotten some shitty fucking advice and I'm like, okay, thank you. Like some of the dumbest things I had, <laughs> I'm not going to name him, but he's worked for every major company. He was, it was like a double down and I'm counting like I should. And he's like, my shoulders are off the mat. What are you counting for? I'm like, you're still laying you're on the la- ground. I'm like, the fuck? how high are you? So that's a little <laughs> hint. He gets real high and he's worked for everybody. <laughs> but yeah, occasionally you get shit advice and you just go, okay, thank you. Whatever. You won't use it all, but. Yeah, take it with a grain of salt yeah. and just be uh, just be happy. Get in a car, hit the road with some wrestlers that can teach you stuff. That's the most you'll ever learn in the business is on the road. Absolutely. Um, well, fuck, man. Thank you so much for for coming in and and sitting down and talking. Like this has been a really fucking really good episode. And thank you. I've, I'm excited I've for people to listen. Wait. One more thing before we get out of here. You already know what it is. Oh, our, our old friend Aiden English has a video of this, but you haven't done it. Aiden's got a video of him cracking egg over Shaw's head, and it's been a year and a half now. I've been waiting for Dude, you to do this. So we did the bit about doing that, and then we talked about doing it, and then we just, I forgot. We both forgot. And then we. Every time we like somebody brings it up, mainly you. Yeah, I bring it, it up, up like every six months. <laughs> and uh, we just talk about it. And she's like, fuck, we got to do it. But like, we got to do it like when no one's expecting it and stuff like that. So I'm, I think I'm just going to do it this weekend. Do it. And by the time this podcast goes live on Wednesday, there will be a video online of, of my girlfriend getting an egg smashed on her head. I All promise right. that. If you're listening to this episode and there's no video of an egg being smashed... Tweet at him all the time. Hashtag crack that egg. Let's get it done. Hold me accountable, We've been please. waiting since February of last year, and it hasn't happened. God. <laughs> I almost forgot. I told you I was going to bring it up. <laughs> all right, dude. Thank you so much again. Thank uh, you. All right, guys. Thank you guys for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>